Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hut. It is Monday, August 16th, and Kabul has fallen. Afghanistan has collapsed. U.S. government trying to get out the remaining elements of our people there. The airport, Kabul airport, is in absolute chaos. Flights suspended as I'm speaking to you because people are clinging. Afghans are clinging to planes to try to get them out of the country. We will break down everything in Afghanistan for you. The implications of this, will it become a launch pad for global jihadist terror attacks again? Is the Biden administration going to pay a political price for this? That's all coming up in a moment. Plus, Obama's birthday celebration was a very sophisticated super spreader occasion. About 70 cases from there. And uh, Joe Biden boosts food stamp benefits by 25 percent. And the feds are preparing for booster shots. So some other stories to throw into the mix today as well. But first, Bambi is something you got to try for your business. Because when you're running a business, HR issues can kill you. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations. And HR manager salaries aren't cheap, an average of $70,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding determinations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day, all for just $99 a month. Month-to-month, no hidden fees, cancel anytime. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance. Let Bambi help get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash Buck right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Buck. Bambi.com slash Buck. An absolute catastrophe in Afghanistan. I mean, that's what you'd have to call it. That's what it clearly is. There's nothing about this situation that looks like it is well put together, well-designed, well-orchestrated. It's a mess. I was texting with a friend of mine who's former military over the weekend. I said, you know, the two of us with Google Maps and a few hours could probably figure out a better evacuation strategy than what the Biden administration has put into place. I mean, it honestly defies belief how much the Biden White House has just clustered this situation up uh, it's incomprehensible to be this incompetent on such a grand scale i honestly believe that school children in 50 years will be learning about what happened today in the solemn tones of national disgrace and now understand they're already lying to you they're already telling you things that you know are not true because the elites the apparatus of power and control in this country do you think they want to take responsibility for what's happened here you think they have any interest whatsoever in the american people stopping to think hold on how could we be surprised after 20 years of being in a country where we are funding equipping training the police the military propping up the government providing personal security for the president we're surprised By the complete dissolution, it's not like the Afghan army was 
routed after tough battles. It's not as though there was a stalemate and the Afghans fought and fought hard to the last man. No, they just dissolved. They didn't fight at all, really. I mean, in a few places across the country, there were some small unit operations, but as a cohesive division-level force, battalion-level force, nope. They just let the Taliban walk into the town squares, walk into city centers all over the country, take the provincial capitals, and it's stunning. And now you see this footage of swarms of Afghans making it to Kabul International Airport. I mean, this is the end of the disaster movie where the lava is swirling around and there's just one place left for people to escape. And there are, you know, helicopters circling overhead and people are trying to get out. That's what's going on here, except in this case, it's C-17 planes that are absolutely loaded, packed full of people, getting them out of Afghanistan And I I want you to remember this. You are being lied to now. You will be lied to every day from now until, well, forever, honestly, by the people who are in charge of this. A month ago, the Biden administration was saying they were going to fight hard. They were well equipped. They were doing a good job. Everything was going to be fine. Now, Biden's team, I mean, Biden's on vacation right now, literally on vacation. Apparently, Jen Psaki's on vacation, too. Biden's out of Camp David. They they tweeted out some official photo of him on a secure teleconference. And well, I, I was stunned at what they had in this photo. I'll just put that out there. And Biden looks completely alone, bewildered. H- how could anyone think that this makes... I mean, this makes the administration look like anything other than the completed utter buffoons they are. That's what we're going through. That's what we're seeing right now. I mean, Biden said that they were well-trained and that this wasn't going to happen. This was not going to be Saigon. This looks worse than Saigon right now. This looks like the absolute catastrophic fall of an empire in real time. You could say, oh, that's too far. Really? What happened after the Afghan uh, the Afghans kicked the soviets out of their country now i think we're going to be okay here as a country and i actually think that not being in afghanistan anymore is the right move but you can hold these thoughts simultaneously that this looks terrible how you leave a place when you've been there 20 years matters did i expect the taliban would eventually prevail in at least most if not all of the country yes But like everybody else, and remember, I haven't been in Afghanistan in 10 years. I haven't touched down in cities that I used to know, like Kabul and Jalalabad. And uh, I I haven't actually been there in over a decade. And so you sit there and you say, well, well, hold on a second. What exactly has changed between now and then? And the answer is they kept telling us it was getting better. When I was in Afghanistan 10 years ago. It was a mess. It was a mess. Okay. And now here we are being told that this was somehow a surprise. And we say, well, wait a second. Every year we were we were being led to believe there was some progress being made. There was something that was getting better. It's outrageous. Outrageous. What's going on here right now? I mean, the 
the Biden administration, it's not surprising to any of us what a bunch of idiots they are. And the media now. Oh, by the way, don't don't be the unsophisticated conservative right now who sees, uh, you know, Jake Tapper or I can't even remember her name, but the one over the used to do the morning show with the sort of blonde streaks in her hair, who's now a serious journalist. Um, don't don't do the thing where you assume, oh, they're asking a tough question now. They're they're speaking truth. No, it's opportunism. The journos weren't asking tough questions before it was obvious this place was a total catastrophe. The journos weren't pushing back on the lies the Biden administration was telling us when different decisions could have been made. They waited until calamity, and now it's in their interest to ask the real questions. You know? Oh, sure. Yeah. So don't don't be that conservative who goes, oh, I'm so glad that the I'm so glad that Tapper at CNN is asking the real questions, please. I mean, the elite journos who breathlessly lied to you for four years about imaginary collusion with Russia to bring down a president are the same ones who promise you that Biden would restore America's standing and dignity in the world. They have no honor and they are incapable of shame. And if you think the corporate media has learned any lessons at all about foisting Biden on us, despite all common sense in history showing what an incompetent mediocrity he is, think again. They're going to find a way to blame Trump for all this. Trust me, that's what's happening. They're, they're trying to find some tie in. They're already throwing out the the basic talking points on this. And then in 48 hours, it'll be back to January 6th and Fauci. Oh, yeah. Note to the media. What just happened in Afghanistan, what just happened in Kabul, that's an actual insurrection. A real insurrection. That's what it looks like. People with guns taking over. And in some cases, you know, executing and engaging in all kinds of reprisals against those they don't like. That's what an insurrection looks like. But the corporate media assured us that the very wise and seasoned Biden administration would come into office ready to go on day one. But this catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan looks like a bunch of morons planned it all in one day. On the the counterpoint that they think is so clever about Trump withdrawing, understand this, the Biden White House has control of, runs a military intel apparatus costing hundreds of, of billions of dollars a year. And they had clearly had no idea what the hell was actually going on in Afghanistan. And they made the call. This is on them. We don't get to have the the rewriting of history as it's still happening because, oh, you mean that Joe Biden's an idiot? Yes. You mean that the fact this guy's commander in chief is, is an abomination? Yes. A month ago, Biden said the withdrawal was going to be just fine. He could have said this is going to be bloody. It's going to be rough. We got to prepare for it. But no, he squinted into the cameras and he mumbled some nonsense about how it was all going to be just fine because, you know, the adults are in charge. Where are all those pundits who went on TV so often after Biden's uh, election win, which is a whole other conversation? Where are all those pundits who are saying the adults are back in charge? Are the adults still in charge? I I just want to know what happened. I just want to know what the change was here. Yeah, this is the biggest U.S. foreign policy debacle in decades. I mean, the ramifications, we're going to be talking about the ramifications all week. What what does it mean? 
in a country like this uh, for for the U.S. to be so thoroughly humiliated? Well, what does it mean going forward about terrorism? That's the big question that a lot of people are asking. Is Afghanistan going to become a safe haven again for al-Qaeda? Maybe. I mean, I think there might be some understanding of the ferocity of the U.S. response if we are provoked again with a mass casualty terror attack planned on Afghans on Afghan soil. But then again, you look at the history of the British Empire. There were two major invasions uh, by uh, of Afghanistan, two major incursions and really a third smaller one. But the Brits invaded Afghanistan multiple times. That's the point. Kept having problems. There were issues. And you know what ended up happening each time? They left without being in control, without even having made much of a dent. They left. We might have learned something from this. Same thing with the Soviets, by the way. Same thing with the Soviets. The graveyard of empires. They call it that for a reason. And, and, and this is a place that it's like it's designed to be ungovernable. I mean, that's what you also have to remember. The terrain and the mentality of the people who are there, it is designed to be ungovernable. But we thought we had figured it out because we had such smart people in charge. And so now it's just going to be a big PR exercise. Blame Trump. Wasn't Biden's fault. Trump set the timeline. All the stuff that they're saying. Here's uh, General Jack Keane on Fox News. Play two. It, it, it's our absolute conclusion that Taliban takes over. Afghanistan becomes an epicenter once again for international terrorism and certainly the return of al-Qaeda, who are their brothers. Some of them are there now, and there's no doubt there'll be a significant re-emerging of them and a direct threat as a result of that to the American people. That's why this makes no sense whatsoever. I, I absolutely believe that the Biden administration, despite, despite the rhetoric, is, is abandoning Afghanistan. That's just obvious, isn't it? As people not only swarm planes on the tarmac at Kabul airport, desperate to just get on, there's video that purports to show someone falling off a, a, C-1, a C-17 as it's taking off because they grabbed the wheel. That's the level of desperation that we are seeing right now. And the Biden administration wants to pretend that somehow there's not a, there's not a, uh, Enormous implication here for not just U.S. national security, but also for the Biden White House. Oh, no, they want to say it's somebody else's fault. Here's New York Times correspondent Helene Cooper. Even she's willing to say, you know, this is actually on Biden. Play one. Joe Biden for 20 years has sort of thought that he knew more about Afghanistan than any anybody else. He was in the you know Senate Foreign Relations Committee. He was uh, in the Obama White House where he he argued strongly in favor of a much reduced uh, uh, American footprint in Afghanistan and he was overruled by his president and he finally gets this chance now as president to do things the way he thought things should have been done all along. So in so many ways, this is completely on uh, President Biden. It is on President Biden. They will do everything they can to cast blame on others to make it seem like somebody else is at fault here. But the buck stops with Biden, friends. Don't ever forget it.
The Tunnel to Towers Foundation helps us keep our commitment to never forget. This year, the foundation is honoring Gold Star and fallen first responder families with young children and catastrophically injured veterans and first responders with 200 mortgage-free homes. Chairman and CEO Frank Siller is paying tribute to the fallen by walking from the Pentagon to Shanksville and on to Ground Zero. More than 500 miles through six states in 42 days, the month of August through 9-11. Towers of light are to shine at the Pentagon and Shanksville memorials in remembrance. The names of those we lost to 9-11-related illnesses are being read aloud at a ceremony on September 12th. And on Veterans Day, the names of those we lost in the War on Terror will also be said out loud. Do good and help America to never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Tunnel to Towers Foundation, please do make a donation today. It's only $11 a month. So the future of Afghanistan is something we're going to be focused on a lot this week. Um, but I, I refuse to let them uh, let them escape accountability for this. As the Taliban are taking photos in the presidential palace in Kabul, they're videoing themselves, uh, working out. I mean, this guy Jake Sullivan, by the way, th- these are the people who are in charge. Honestly, these these incompetent, highly credentialed, but not very bright Beta males are the ones making decisions in this Biden White House, and it's appalling. I mean, he's asked about the the withdrawal by helicopter from the embassy, and he goes, well, helicopters are what we've used for 20 years. That's not the point, and he knows it's not the point. Oh, Savannah Guthrie was the woman that I couldn't think of before, by the way. Oh, she's asking tough questions. I mean, when when your team is in the Super Bowl, so to speak, and they get blown out by eight touchdowns, after the game's over, saying, hey, maybe you guys didn't have the greatest you know, coaching scheme or something, that doesn't make you brave, right? I mean, this is a catastrophe. Journos don't get credit now for saying, oh, yeah, maybe the Biden White House didn't think this one through so much, did they? It's disgusting. Here's Secretary of State Tony Blinken, uh, speaking of beta males who highly credentialed and just have no real vision. No real backbone in defense of America when they're talking about these issues, when they're making these decisions. Here he is, play eight. Jake, we have uh, tremendously more capacity than we had before 9-11 when it comes uh, to counterterrorism. In places around the world where we don't have forces on the ground, in Yemen, uh, in parts of, uh, of Africa, in parts of Syria, we're able to deal with any potential terrorist threat uh, to our country. And we're doing that every single day. We're going to retain uh, in uh, in the region, the over the horizon capacity, as we as we call it, to see and deal with any reemergence uh, of a terrorist threat. And look, uh, I can't tell you what uh, what the Taliban is going to do. But again, in their self-interest, uh, allowing a repeat of what happened before 9-11, which is a terrorist group to reemerge in Afghanistan that has designs on the United States. Well, they know what happened last time. So I don't think it's in their self-interest to allow that to happen again. We'll see. This is the big question about the terror platform of Afghanistan. Will they learn a lesson from the past that we will go back in with ferocity? Or is the lesson they've learned they can wait us out and that eventually the caliphate will have its way? This will be something that is tested in the months and years ahead. This is something that we will learn the answer to. Anybody can speculate right now. Nobody really knows exactly how it's going to go. Um, China is already saying they're recognizing they will recognize the government of the Taliban. 
China and Russia are both going to pursue, everyone's going to pursue their interests in this sphere. Iran, Pakistan, India, China, Russia, Afghanistan is going to get carved up into spheres of influence in terms of diplomacy and economic relations and all the rest of it with the Taliban. But this is where we are, friends, the absolute collapse of the U.S. presence, not a not an ordered withdrawal, but a leaving in the dead of the night route. That's what this looks like. And it's just so unfair to the memory of the men and women who fought there for the United States and did so well and were able to. I mean, it, it is a testament to our military that with a few thousand troops on the ground, we're able to hold this entire country of over 30 million people together at some level, right? And then the moment that the U.S. isn't there, the whole thing just dissolves, just dissolves. But ultimately, it's not our fight. It's not our fight. They may make it our fight again in the future, but I still believe strongly that it's not our fight and that it is on the men of Afghanistan to do this work, to do this fighting for themselves. And I am terribly sorry about what's going to happen, particularly to women and young girls in Afghanistan. It is occurring there. But do we want to send what I want to send uh, friends of mine to go and fight and walk the streets of Jalalabad and Kandahar and Helmand and Herat and Jaripul? And what I, would I want to send them there? Walk the streets? Patrol? No. Would I do it? No. And so I would not want others to go in my place. That's how I feel about it. All right, just to get in some other stories today, you know, Biden's, uh, I'm sorry, not Biden, Obama, the other Democrat president. Obama had his Martha's Vineyard party, and, uh, you know, he, there was that photo of it, um, and everyone realizes that they weren't wearing masks, even though there was a surge. They had a huge party, hundreds of people. By the way, I'm fine with, uh, with Obama having a party, but I'm just not fine with all the hypocrisy here. And in this case, the Martha's Vineyard COVID case report shows at least 74 people have tested positive for the virus since the Obama's uh, party last Saturday, which is more than any week in April. Now, you could say, oh, but is that really the result of the Obama party? It seems like quite a coincidence, doesn't it? It's a sophisticated super spreader event, though. This just goes to show you again why we cannot Uh, We cannot cede any more ground to the lockdown lunatics. They'll never stop. They will never stop. It doesn't matter if we catch them breaking their own rules. They like the power. They like being in charge. You know, I've got to tell you, I have my brother's wedding this week. It's in New York City. I'm very excited for it. And the venues in New York, some of them are requiring uh, the vaccine. So I'm, I'm telling you right now, I got vaccinated and I did not want to. But my choices were get vaccine, uh, forge a vaccine passport, or not go to my brother's wedding, which was not a choice. I'm not going to miss my brother's wedding because Bill de Blasio is a fascist moron. That wasn't going to happen. So I got the shot. Uh, I got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. It made my arm sore for a couple of days. I had no other side effects. I think it's a total waste of my time. Um, I have natural immunity, which is better than whatever is in this Johnson and Johnson thing. Um, I got if you're asking why I got the J and J, two reasons: it's one shot, which obviously is preferable, 
And it's also a traditional vaccine. It's not an mRNA vaccine. So I felt like, you know what? I'm going to stay with what's more tried and true. Um, but yeah, they they forced me. They found a way. And I'm very angry about it. Uh, I'm not okay with it. I don't think, oh, it was no big deal. I am now more set than ever on beating back this madness and making sure that other people across the country don't have to make this choice. I know the U.S. military now is faced with this choice. I know a lot of uh, healthcare workers, a lot of employees of companies. There's a big radio company, not one that I work for, a different one, where they're making everybody get the vaccine. I mean, this is now what's happening. They're making everybody get this vaccine, even as Fauci's saying the federal government's preparing for the boosters for everybody. We're now, this is now the flu shot, everyone. That, that's what this is. Every year you must get flu shots or else. That's what we're actually being subjected to, except it's for COVID-19 instead of the flu. I'm also wondering when we're going to start calling it, you know, something other than COVID-19, like COVID-2021, COVID-2022. I feel like they don't want to start using the numbers because people realize, hold on a second. So it's just every year there's a new variant. Every year there's a new COVID. There are already hundreds of coronaviruses out there. So maybe this policy that we're going with here is, is a bad idea. But yeah, I got I got the shot. Um, and I am really unhappy. It's look, it's not that it's that big of a deal for me. Uh, but I'm, you know, if my parents had asked me if I hadn't had COVID, for example, my parents said, look, we'd feel better if you got the shot. I'd pr- I probably would have, I would have done it if they had asked me to, cause they're at, you know, they're older and they're at risk, but, and I spent a lot of time with my parents. I'm very blessed in that way, but am I okay with what happened? Am I okay with the state forcing me? To get, and for those who say, oh, but well, what? Really, think about this. I'm going to knock out of my brother's wedding. I've only got two brothers. Only get, Hopefully only getting married once. So I'm, I'm not going to go to his wedding. You know, come on. Not, not a realistic proposition for me to not go. So I got the shot. And uh, now I want to do everything I can to uh, fight back against this. I wish I could be a party to lawsuits. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to spread the word. I'm trying to explain to people how stupid they're being by thinking that people like Bill de Blasio and Anthony Fauci are in any way credible. Uh, I, I, I just I need to know why anyone still believes these morons. But I know it's, it's a lot of personal branding. It's a lot of, oh, well, you know, this is I believed them before and I don't want to admit that I'm a sheep and I'm dumb. So no one wants to go back on what they were saying. <sighs> you know, it it's. It's wild. I mean, here's the NIH director, um, Francis Collins, painting a picture of the COVID situation. Uh, Mark, play 16. All we can say is that this is going very steeply upward with no signs of having peaked out. So I will be surprised if we don't cross 200,000 cases a day in the next couple of weeks. And that's heartbreaking, considering we never thought we would be back in that space again. That was January, February. That shouldn't be August. But here we are with Delta variant, which is so contagious, and this heartbreaking situation where 90 million people are still unvaccinated who are sitting ducks for this virus. And that's the mess we're in. We're in a world of hurt, and it's a critical juncture to try to do everything we can to turn that around. Everything we can to turn around. What, what, what do they have in mind? Masks? It's stupid. We all know that, right? I had to put my mask on the plane yesterday. A woman actually, uh, the, the airline attendant, uh, basically woke me up to tell me to pull my mask over my nose. One of those things. I mean, I kind of had passed out a little bit. It was a hellish flight, by the way. 
Um, yeah. Pull the mask over your nose. Why? Why am I doing that? Is that, oh, no, let, let's just say I'm eating, but I'm actually sleeping. How about that? But the people who go along with this stuff, they're the little enforcers of fascism. They're the people that are saying papers, please. They're the people that are actually allowing this apparatus of authoritarian control to continue on. There's shame in it now, folks. Being a mask shamer is shameful. Being somebody who insists on these rules and regulations being applied, you know, being at a, a restaurateur right now who demands papers, please, for people to go in and, and have a meal. That behavior is, sh- I know you could say, oh, but the state is mandating it. No, make the state make you. Make the state actually block you. You say, oh, Buck, but why'd you get the shot? The venue demands proof of your vaccination and puts your name on a list before you can even go. Think about that. That's what I'm up against. They want, they want to see the papers in advance of arrival and keep them on a database, and then they're going to check everybody off at the door. This is what people are doing. This is what's actually happening. It's awful, honestly. It's awful. And people that go along with it should be, the people that enthusiastically enforce this stuff should be ashamed of themselves. Absolutely ashamed. Uh, but they're not. They think they're saving us from the virus because they're not very smart. Big tech, as you know, monitors us, censors us, and deplatforms us. And conservatives have been helpless to do anything about it until now. On Get R, you can talk with friends and family and express your political beliefs without fear of Silicon Valley liberals coming after you. Join Get R, the social media platform that supports free speech and opposes cancel culture. Get R is led by former Trump advisor Jason Miller, who saw what big tech did to President Trump and decided to fight back. GetR is the fastest growing social media platform in history with over 1.6 million users and growing, including prominent conservatives like Mike Pompeo, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Steve Bannon, and yours truly, Buck Sexton. Join GetR. It's in the App Store, the Google Play Store, and at GetR.com. Longer posts, longer videos, sharper and clearer pictures. And unlike the Silicon Valley oligarchs, GetR will never sell your data. Send a message today. Join GetR, G-E-T-T-R, in the App Store. It's time to cancel, cancel culture. So, friends, I also want to tell you I've got a Locals.com account now. Uh, BuckSexton.Locals.com is a place where I kind of put some of the, you know, behind the scenes, and I posted a book thing over the weekend. It's just going to be a, a, a community for Team Buck insiders, essentially, and we'll start doing some live videos and things like that there. I wanted to have a more... Uh, you know, an, an intimate forum where we could all chat, communicate, and I can share things with you. So go to bucksexon.locals.com for that. Please become a member uh, or a supporter, uh, and that would be fantastic. Really appreciate that. And uh, we'll have producer Mark chatting with us tomorrow. Uh, I'm in Nashville, as you know, this week, so going to be doing my shows from Nashville. And I will be back with you tomorrow with more on Afghanistan and everything else. Shields high.